much earlier than it actually is. Oh. Because it's like overcast outside. Oh, yeah. And because I didn't sleep that well last night, so I'm really tired. Yay. There were a couple people in the room that were making a lot of noise. <laughs> what does that mean? means you and Josie were making less noise. Oh, really? What was they doing? You were snoring. Oh. Hmm. I don't remember that. Must have been asleep. I guess she was having a bad dream or something. She just kept kind of like whining, but she was asleep. Oh. Yeah, it was pretty sad. Oh. Poor girl. But I didn't want to like, I don't know, pat her and then wake her up. She's a baby. She'll forget her dream. <laughs> just kidding. She will, but anyways. Yeah. I, I just mean that I'm not that heartless, I promise. <laughs> I love my kids. Don't take them away from me. So, yeah. Good morning. Good morning, America. <laughs> good morning, America. I don't have any uh, stage makeup on. I can't do good morning, America. Yeah. Just breathe right into the microphone. It's so cold. <laughs> yeah, for Austin. It's like, what, 40? Maybe. No. Maybe it's 40. Cold. Not even that cold. Compared to the rest of the world, it's not that cold. We're just not used to it. Exactly. That's just how it goes. We have thin skin. We're more. Uh, I would not survive in Alaska. Not many people would. That's why there aren't that many people who live there. <laughs> it's true. Except the mooses. The moosen. The moosen. Moosen the boxen is in. Okay, so anyways, yeah. That's uh that, that that's enough of that. Jim Gaffigan, funny so No, not Jim no. Gaffigan. Uh Brian Regan. Yeah, there you name. go. There you go. Funny guy. Funny guy. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, this past week was Christmas. It was Christmas. Wasn't that crazy? What was your favorite Christmas. part? What was my favorite part of Christmas? Okay. So, um, yeah, I actually had someone ask me this. Well, he asked me, what am I most thankful for this Christmas? Oh, this is um, a different and I was question. Like, right. Exactly. I was like, oh, man, I don't even know how to answer that. But the first thing that popped in my mind was just something cool um, that I hadn't experienced before at Christmas time. And again, I'm probably going to sound kind of materialistic, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but this is the first year that Ollie, well, obviously Ollie's two. Ollie was one last year. And so he couldn't quite grasp, like like you could kind of open up a present for him and then tell him to pull the last little piece of the the wrapping and so that he could see what the present was underneath. And then he'd be like, Oh, that's cool. Not like super excited, but this year was totally different. You put a present in his lap and he started going to town on it and tearing it open. And whenever he'd open it, he'd be like, Whoa, look at that. (laughs) Whoa. And he'd be so excited. Even if he was just feigning excitement so that he could get attention like, it was so cool to watch him just be so 
happy at all of his toys and he did gravitate to certain ones like even ones that i didn't really expect him to like as much and ones that i thought he was going to like more he just kind of pushed off to the side for the other presents but he was showered with presents like between us and my parents and your grandparents like he got a ton of gifts so uh, obviously there are some that had to kind of go by the wayside because there are other ones that he's just so flippin' excited about. And our living room is a wreck. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> our living room is a toy box now. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, I still need to pick up that toy box from your grandparents' house. Oh, yeah. So that's something we can do on the break. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess, yeah, that's the other part of it. Do, 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 do. Um, is that I have this week off from work, so that's probably my favorite part out of everything. But my <laughs> other favorite... Um, is just being able to just just seeing that and seeing how excited he was for his gifts was super cool. That's been my favorite part. How about you? Um, my favorite part. Well, Christmas has always been my favorite holiday, basically just because of how much time we spend with family. Yeah. So that's always my favorite part of Christmas is just getting together with family. Like we get together with your family, we get together with my family. Um, But it's not like other holidays where it's just like one day, okay, we go celebrate with my family and then we go celebrate with your family like Thanksgiving is. But like when it's Christmas, like especially this Christmas, like your parents had that party on Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah, it was like a whole stinking weekend of Christmas, yeah. like three days in a row of mm-hmm. Christmas. And it was it was a lot, and it was exhausting, but it was so much fun. Yeah, I agree. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really busy because I had to work Christmas Eve also almost all day, and so like in between working because we had a morning service and then we went to your grandparents' house, mm-hmm. and then we had two evening services and then we went to my parents' house. So it was just like yeah. out all day. And then it was Christmas. So then it's like, go to sleep, wake up, open some presents, immediately go to my parents and then your grandparents and then back to my parents. Um, so yeah, it was really busy. And like you said, exhausting. And I think, <laughs> I mean, I think um, maybe it's not the best. I mean, maybe we did not make the best parenting decisions by keeping <laughs> our children up late, like three days in a row. Um, but I mean, this is kind of the groove that we've fallen into. It's yeah. like, they go to sleep late and they wake up late. And that's just life right yep. now. Um but yeah, no, it's it's fun. It's 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 been good. We've actually been able to like play board games with my family and just hang out. Mm-hmm. God bless you. Thank you. It sounds so mundane, but something like that is just a lot of fun. But to be we able love to board not games. Not have anything else to not have to do anything else. Yeah, and then the party on Christmas Eve Eve was super fun. We played White Elephant Gift Exchange, and I got a smoked turkey. (laughs) And we've been eating it ever since. And we still have so much left. Like, we've barely made a dent. It's so good. So good. I mean, I cannot (laughs) believe that someone brought... Well, it's a funny story. Okay, I'll just jump so in. So I was going to ask what your favorite gift was. So that's that's it, the smoked turkey. Ah, I don't know. The grill is so freaking cool. <laughs> and then my brother got me all of Batman the Animated Series on yeah, DVD. Yeah. 
the entire freaking thing. Like, ah, I just got, I didn't get very many presents this year, but the ones that I got, I'm just like, this is so cool. Well, yeah, I think that's just adulthood. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't. The older you get, the less presents you get, especially if you have kids, because everyone spends some money on the kids yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) this makes sense no yeah i i man i didn't mean for that to sound bad like i'm not disappointed that i didn't get a ton of presents like that's fine like you said (laughs) i'm an adult um i love it i love the ones that i did get so freaking cool and then even uh what late birthday presents i got some of those so i got some books which i wanted which is super cool and um trying to remember I don't remember the other thing, but yeah. So, um, definitely got some cool stuff. The grill. I'm really surprised by now I can be a man and, uh, cook my meat over an open flame (laughs) instead of on the stove. I mean, I guess that's a open flame as well, but you know, get some of that smokiness. Okay. Anyways, no white elephant gift exchange at my parents' house. So there were like, what, maybe 20 people who played 15, 20 people. I mean, it seemed like a ton. Um, so we did the white elephant thing and we played a different version where you play with dice. So, um, if you haven't played that, it's pretty fun. Oh yeah, no, no, no. We, uh, we, um, recoed it in the last episode. That's right. Yeah. This one was different though. Only slightly. I mean, you played with two dice, that's all. So you had different options, but, um, they, we cut it short because there were so many people and it would have taken so long to actually open all the presents. So we only went around people twice. But anyways, um, there was this girl who was there, uh, my younger sister's, uh, a friend of the family, my younger sister's roommate, and she, is she vegan or just vegetarian? No, she's not vegetarian. She's not? Mm-mm. I thought she was. No. Oh, I thought she was at one time. Dang. Okay. Well, I feel stupid. <laughs> anyways, at her work, she was gifted an entire smoked turkey. These things are well. Someone at her work was gifted a smoked turkey and didn't want it, and so she was like, "This would be a hilarious white elephant gift." Oh, because it was that day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, she didn't have a gift picked out yet, and she was like, "This would be a hilarious white elephant gift." So, and it was. (laughs) She brought in this huge box, and so you think like white elephant. You know, if it's a huge box, it's probably like a tiny box inside the huge box that has like a tiny little trinket. You know, just to be funny. But then she put it in the middle, and of course, when I got a chance to choose, I went ahead and took it. And it was heavy. Like, it actually had some density to it, this enormous box. So I was super excited, and then we opened it up, and everyone was laughing because it was a stinking smoked turkey. (laughs) It was insane. And actually, by the end of the game, I did not get the smoked turkey. But the young lady who did get the smoked turkey was like, no, what am I going to do with this? I don't even want it. And Samantha and I ended up with our own gifts that we brought. Like <laughs> we brought Spider-Man Homecoming and Wonder Woman on Blu-ray. And we ended up with both of those. We just ended up kind of like switching places. And so I was, and she, you know, so this other young lady was like, what am I going to do with the smoked turkey? And so I said, hey, do you want Spider-Man? I'll trade you. And she was like, yes, definitely. So we traded and then Sam was like, do you want Wonder Woman too? Because... <laughs> We brought these, and she was like, yeah, sure. (laughs) So she got both movies, and we got a stinking smoked turkey. And it's awesome. And I felt like a man ripping it apart and getting all the meat off of it. 
and just having that smoked <laughs> smokiness on my fingers all day. Like I seriously, you open up the fridge and the whole kitchen smells like smoke. Yep. It's awesome. Cause it, tastes it is so delicious. Good. So we good. made turkey melts last night. Yeah. So good. On our cheesy little George Foreman grill yeah. <laughs> that we got for Black Friday that now we're probably not going to use very much because we have an actual grill. Good thing it was only <laughs> 10 bucks. Yeah. But it's, yeah, the melts were really good. Got cheese, got avocado, you got smoked turkey. Oh, and then you made a tomato soup. Man, <laughs> that was good. I'm not even hungry, but I'm hungry. So, um, yeah, um, favorite gift. I can't even, I don't know, man. So good this year. <laughs> I, I don't even know. How about you? What do you, what's your favorite gift? The gift of turkey? Although that is an amazing gift. No, it's not my favorite gift. Yeah. You you actually weren't too pleased when I got it. No, because like, I, I was like, what are we gonna do where are we going to put this? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have any room in our freezer. And I'm just like, no, if you have a chance to get a smoked turkey, you get that smoked turkey. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you got the smoked turkey. It's been delicious. Um, My favorite gift. Oh, man. Um. I don't know. It's funny. It's harder for me to remember what I got, but I can remember exactly what Oliver got. Like, <laughs> just beat a mom. Momming it up. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this. Okay. Maybe I'm going to be the materialistic one now, but <laughs> <clears throat> um, my grandparents gave me a lot of money. <laughs> and I'm just really excited to like, I don't know, actually be able to go and do something, get something for myself, if that makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like, I don't, one of my old hobbies before we had kids, when we were both working, double income, making a good amount of money. One of my favorite things to do was to go shopping, like go to thrift store, go to resale shop and like just hang out, look at everything and find good deals. And I don't really get to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because I have children. <laughs> Yeah, now we make less money. Well, yeah, now we make we less own money a house, and or we own a mortgage and, and we also own two kids. Right. And, and so we're responsible they for them. can't I can't really lug them around with me to like resale shops and thrift stores. So and we need to like buy them food and stuff. Right. So, so yeah. <laughs> yep. Sweet. Do you have any ideas on what you're going to spend it on? Not really. I mean, I've been going back and forth. My pair of ankle boots are falling apart, so I'll probably buy another pair. And then I don't know what else. Cool. So, yeah. Um. Well, I've got something that's basically an early recommendation. So. Oh. Sorry, but since we're talking about Christmas, I figured I'd just slip it in here. Um, is that so? The preface to this is that me, Joshua Broccolo, I am not too big on Christmas music. No, kay? you are not. 
I know, I know it's like part of the holiday season and, you know, I can get into it just kind of like, cause it's funny, kind of cliche, you know, Christmas rocking around the Christmas tree kind of, you know, I can have fun like that, you know, whatever. But, uh, generally I don't like it. I don't like the same songs being sung a hundred times every year. It (laughs) annoys the snot out of me. It's like, do a different version, do it up cool, and that's totally fine. But if I go to another freaking department store and they play Whatever Christmas Time again, I'm going to like punch someone in the neck. Not really. I need to be able to control myself. But still, <laughs> uh, stuff's annoying. But that said, there are some pretty cool um, Christmas songs out there. And I found a couple new ones that I like a lot. And one that's actually um, not not necessarily new. It was it was uh, released within the past few years. I mean, probably at this point, like four or five years ago. Um, but it's by this really cool one man band now called Sleeping at Last, and the song is called Snow. It's a and song. it's a really pretty song, and it um, it's it's basically like a Christmas song written for people who. Um, basically have a hard time with Christmas time and with the holiday season um, because of some sort of loss. You know, there's lots of people like that that kind of identify this time of year. And even, I mean, to a certain extent, I, I don't mean to, um, uh, not that my traumas in my life are necessarily associated with Christmas, but um, even just the realization that, you know, in my case, my, my younger brother passed away he's not here with us you know even just something as simple as that not not necessarily that it has to do with christmas but just that you know like you said christmas is a time for family mm-hmm. and the fact that he's not here still hurts yeah. you know it's still um not what i would want it to be yeah christmas so, was my mom's favorite yeah holiday she mm-hmm. loved it yeah and so it, and so it's hard you know it's hard not having um our loved ones there that sounds so cliche but I, I just mean you know it can be friends it can be family um it's hard not having them here and and the song is just really pretty and really um well written so it's called snow by sleeping at last along with that um the, he the guy behind sleeping at last his name is ryan so sleeping at last I've, I've known them since their first cd i like that a lot they were more of a rock band at first and then they kind of gradually turned into more um almost like symphonic like stripped down music maybe not symphonic m- more like atmospheric at- atmospheric type music um and now it's just one dude who collaborates with a bunch of other people, but he continually makes music and he's kind of like made it in a sense. Like a lot of his music has been in like TV shows and stuff like that. I know a bunch of songs has been on oh, really? um, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, he's done a bunch watch of stuff. Grey's so, Anatomy, I mean, so I neither do I, but I'm on his email list and he always talks about when he gets a song on TV, Oh, cool. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's, he's making it, you know, with this band that's there. His music is really cool. It's really good. Uh, we listened to it a lot when we went to Ireland. And it was mm-hmm. like the perfect that soundtrack. That was like our, yeah, our soundtrack for Ireland. It so good. Awesome. 
So anyways, he started a podcast a couple months ago, probably around the same time. Well, no, probably after we, we started this one, because I think he's only in like eight or nine or ten episodes, something like that. Um, but uh, I love it because what he does is he takes a song and he basically like breaks it apart. Like this is what he was thinking when he wrote the music and this is what he was thinking when he wrote the lyrics. And especially with this song, Snow, he takes apart the lyrics because there are lots of references, especially with that song to um, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And so he like picks apart those references and explains them. And I'm just like, dang, there is so much that went into this simple song um, for instance, he, he even recorded it live. So like, it's just miking the piano and his vocal. Uh, oh, wow. and well, I say that there, there is like a droning electric guitar sound in the background, but it's pretty much just one note. And he explains that's all he wanted from that. And so he plays very simple piano chords over it and sings to it. And yeah. So, uh, my recommendation is that pod, if, if you're interested at all, I, I absolutely love stuff like that. Getting in the mind of an artist and seeing what he meant by his art and what he's trying to convey. Um, and especially with a song like this, it really hit home um, in an intellectual and an emotional way when I was listening to it. Um, so I really enjoy it. So listen to Snow by Sleeping at Last for a nice little modern Christmas tune and listen, listen to the Sleeping at Last podcast. Good stuff. That's what it's called, Sleeping mm-hmm. at Last podcast. Cool. Yep. Yeah. It's not very original. It's just <laughs> Sleeping at Last podcast. So good. And he's such a cool dude. I think he's a Christian. He hasn't really talked about it very much from what I followed him, but he is an extremely positive person. So I kind of get the feeling like there's something there. There's something mm-hmm. more. Um. Anyways. Yeah, good Something stuff. Something more. Something more, yeah. You were in a band called Something More. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A high school Flashback worship band. Flashback to the past. I don't even know why we named it. Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, good stuff. It is good stuff. So what have you been into this week? Have you found anything that you want to talk about? Well, I had a suggestion last night, but you didn't seem too keen on it. Unless mm-hmm. you don't, unless you do want to talk about it. I mean, I it's, it's whatever. Oh, okay. Well, my cousin is getting married in April. Hey-o. Um, And, well, I'm her matron of honor, so... There's a lot of planning to do, especially since we're planning a wedding in like three and a half months. Um, So your matron, does that just mean you're married? Yes. Like matron versus maid? Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. Um, But it just got me thinking like, oh, wedding planning. Like I remember when we were planning our wedding, like... Just how emotions are like heightened during planning a wedding, it seems like for everyone. Okay. And, you know, everyone has these expectations that they don't voice 
and then they get upset when those expectations aren't met. So like what? Well, um, well, I guess I'm just thinking in general, like, are you asking for like an instance from this time or for no, from just our like wedding? For, yeah, yeah, sure. From our wedding, just from, from the, your experience with planning weddings, what kind of expectations are set that aren't communicated? Well, I mean, everyone brings their own expectations to the table. Okay. Like what? Well, like the mother of the bride has expectations. The You know, everyone has like their own plans, their own expectations of how things are supposed to go or how they're used to things going. Mm-hmm. Um, and those don't always line up with each other. So sort of like how the father of the bride should pay for everything? That just is kidding. the tradition. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> or the bride's family, yes. Yeah, that is the tradition. Totally just kidding. Which actually sort of ended up happening with us, but anyways. well, yeah, my family paid for the majority of the wedding. Yeah, yeah. we're probably not going to pay for Josie's wedding. <laughs> Just saying, sorry, other like one year old out there who's looking to court my daughter in twenty years. You're out of luck. Get a good. We will do job. the best we can. <laughs> that is what we will do. Yep. Um, Here's five bucks. Anyways. Go pick up some Chick-fil-A. Wow. Okay, $7. Messed up. Okay. Um, Take good care of my daughter. <laughs> you should okay, stop. Okay, sorry. Um, so, yeah. I mean, everyone just brings their own expectations. And not everyone voices their expectations. Mm-hmm. So when their expectations are met, they get upset about it. Is this already happening? Yes. Oh, jeez. Which, I mean, it's, you're planning a wedding. Like, it's sort of inevitable that that's going to happen because you're dealing with people. Mm-hmm. And when you deal with people, people have expectations. Yeah, And like you said, I mean, it's a really emotional issue. Right. Well, you're joining two families. Yeah. So, like, and like I said, everyone brings their own expectations to the table, you know, whether they think they have expectations or not, like you're going to have expectations. Yeah. Like where the wedding's going to be. Where the wedding's going to be, you know, like who's in the bridal party, you know, all these different things. So, yeah. Just... When you're planning a wedding, drama ensues. Yeah. It's just what happens. I'm so glad I'm not a woman. <laughs> um, but yeah, that just got me thinking about like expectations in general. And I was like, oh, that might be a good topic to talk about because we've been married eight and a half years. We have lots of experience with. It hasn't been a half yet. Failed expectations. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. What did you expect us to talk about? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, yeah. Expectations. Mm-hmm. They can be a real pain in the butt. They can. They can be good. They can be bad. They can be nonsensical. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the key is just 
communication and like exactly um yeah there there are things i mean especially for married couples there are things that you just take for granted that you don't realize other people do other ways mm-hmm. um and if you don't voice if you don't communicate those expectations then you should not expect the other person to understand or to meet them yeah yeah so you you like i think it it kind of just comes with maturity right yeah just like grow up and if your expectations weren't met like, get over it yeah yeah i understand <laughs> there's disappointment but it's you, not all about you right exactly and so um so yeah the key to that is just talk about things <laughs> yeah Right, like actually, actually, um, make it clear that you expect certain things or that you want certain things. Right, and then I mean, from there, you you could be totally shot down, and you have to be prepared for that. And yeah. I think it depends on the relationship and how you actually approach that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say it's probably a lot more difficult when you're dealing with like parents or in laws or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you can get into some real sticky situations, and that's not really something that we've had to experience like our families are awesome right um both of them um and like both of them together towards each other they love each other and so like well and thankfully when we were planning our wedding we were so young and this was before pinterest Mm -hmm. and so we just didn't really care about the little details (laughs) there were there were a few things that we really cared about and so we really focused on those and anything else we just sort of like let other people take care of or um or if something was important to someone like that it be a part of the ceremony or part of the wedding but we didn't really care then like we told them they had to pay for it so oh, yeah, that provided worked, or something yeah, yeah that worked out well for us I, I can't remember who exactly told it to us. Maybe it was the couple who was going through premarital counseling with us, or maybe it was Jeff Fritchie, the pastor who married us. I think it was Jeff, but if it wasn't, I apologize. But I remember they said something like, things are not going to go as planned, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you will be married. Right. And that's what counts. And that was kind of our mantra Yeah, going into it is like, as long as we're married by the end of this, it's all we care about. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I've I've made it known multiple times throughout this podcast. I'm an easygoing guy. So I took that and ran with it. Mm. I was just like, I don't care what happens. <laughs> you know, like I just want to be married. So um Yeah. So I didn't plan barely any I mean I say that. Like we did plan the service itself. So like the elements that we wanted, um, how we want <laughs> How we wanted one of our friends to read uh, a portion of a book that turned into a sermon, um, but that's not <laughs> that's not what we had planned. Um, but that's okay. But um, the the fact that we took communion and um, what other elements do we have there? Well, we had here. our families come up. And families, yes, that's right. They prayed over us. Mm-hmm. We did the candle lighting thing. Yeah, which was my family's idea. They really thought that that should be part of it. And we were mm-hmm. like, okay, you buy a candle. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I think that was a cool, what's well, a cool like picture of it. You know, I don't think it's necessary, but it's definitely pretty cool. Um, so things like that. I mean, yeah, I, I did have, 
I did make some decisions. And we didn't want a wedding cake. We wanted cheesecakes. Yeah. Which my grandma made. So amazing. Yeah. But my family was also pretty like firm on we should have a wedding cake. Mm -hmm. So they bought us a wedding cake. There you go. (laughs) There you go. But yeah. So um, we, yeah. Like you said, I think it had to do with how young we were, but we didn't have very many um, expectations expectations <laughs> going into the wedding. Yeah. yeah. It was just kind of like, no, this is, so long as our friends and our family are here and we get married, we're good. Yep. And if All there good. was drama, we didn't know anything about it. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, this has turned into Josh and Zab, how to plan a wedding. <laughs> Uh, not why am I doing that voice? That's like the third time I've done that voice already. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. Um, so yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I liked getting married to you. I liked getting married to you too. It was a good time. Yeah, but yeah. So expectations. Yeah. I mean, we could just like focus on expectations within marriage, but really, I mean, you're going to have expectations in like every part of life. And especially if you're working with a lot of people, like those people have expectations as well. So, I mean, you're just going to run into issues with expectations, like wherever you are pretty much. But if, if, I think that within marriage, it's more, what's the word? Sensitive. Okay. Um, because, I mean, you know the saying, like, the, the people who love you the most are the ones who hurt you the most. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, when you... When your spouse disappoints you in some way, I think it, it hits you harder than when someone else disappoints you. Um, yeah, I think it's because you're more vulnerable. Yeah. And that's something that I'd say you ought to um, recognize as well, that it's not necessarily the other person that hurts you that bad. It's you right. being vulnerable your and being that open with someone. Um, you know, I'm... I'm <laughs> I don't know. I guess I've been on this big kick lately <clears throat> with things that I've been reading and, and I don't know of, of just kind of like personal responsibility in your own life. And I think that this, this plays a big part in it also is that um, I tend to, and, and I think humanity in general tends to kind of uh, shift the blame onto other things when things don't go their way. Definitely. Um, so especially with expectations, you kind of, your default is that, oh, well, they didn't meet my expectations, therefore they have wronged me. Right. And that's not the case. Right. Um, I'm going to be blunt. You just need to grow up. Mm-hmm. You need to be mature and recognize that it's your fault. You didn't communicate those expectations. Right. Well, and even if you did and they weren't met, like, get over it. Like, yeah. Have grace and mercy towards the other person. Like, yeah, they can't. They just can't meet all your expecta- all your expectations all the time. Like, it's just impossible. Yeah, yeah, and not to and and again, like, if you're talking about personal responsibility, you should definitely be trying to 
do your best right. that you can. Um, like if you've come together and you've talked about your expectations for each other and you've agreed on certain expectations, then yes, you should try and like hold each other accountable to those yeah. in a gracious way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, be merciful and gracious when they aren't met. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. But uh, yeah, just being personal responsibility. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, especially, I mean, you, you come to learn it. The, the different stages of life, like you said, everyone you meet is going to have different expectations. But like work relationships definitely have um, expectations. Even friendships. You mm-hmm. know, some people are wired that they um, they uh, think that you need to be in contact with them in order to stay friends. Uh, like you need to be the one to initiate contact and and set up um I was gonna say dates that but not dates but just you know like hangout times and stuff like that and so if you don't they think that something's wrong mm-hmm. um other people um just aren't that way mm-hmm. you know so so like there yeah there are expectations in all kinds of different relationships and um again just to, to learn to be personally responsible for the things and prioritize the things that um that you want to see happen in your life and change yeah so anyways now i sound like a (laughs) self-help guru no guru Ugh, i don't like that word anyways have you read anything interesting lately yeah i finished i finished this book that's on the table right in front of me uh shepherding a child's heart So one thing that's come uh, from being off of school and and even just the past school semester is that I've been reading a lot more, um, which is super cool. Um, (laughs) Like just setting aside time to read because we have a ton of books that I haven't read and that I need to read. And um, yeah, no, it's been really good. And I mentioned this book earlier when we talked about kids um, for that one episode and talked about what I liked about this book. Um, now that I have finished it, I like it even more. <laughs> um, it's funny because I went even just this morning to pop it into my Goodreads feed. It's been quite a while since I've updated there, but that just is just a website that it's like a social network sort of thing for people who read. Um, so you can post little reviews and, and rate books and like track your progress and stuff like that. And that's primarily what I use it for is to track progress. Um, but then whoever's interested, you know, can be your friend and see what you're reading and see what your thoughts are in certain books. So that's pretty cool. Anyways, I was popping this one in there this morning and it doesn't have very good reviews. Like there are a lot of bad reviews for this book huh. because people don't like what it has to say. Mm. Like it's strictly because of the content. And I mean, I guess that's what you would rate a book on, right? Is the content. Are they looking um, for more of like a self-help kind of thing? Well, no. So... um I will say that I, I agree slightly that he does come on very strongly in this book. Um, one of the things that he reinforces um, is that you need to spank your children. Mm. Like he he just comes out and says it like that because of the way that the scripture talks about disciplining children. Um, yeah, he uses the verse and I'm going to butcher it, but it's in here somewhere. But the verse in Proverbs that says that the um, rod. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, to that the what is it the heart of a uh, fool a foolish heart is bound up 
within the heart of a child, something like that. I don't remember, but basically, uh, to use the rod to get that out of them. Again, I've just totally butchered the verse. I can find it and read it better. Um, but he, um, says multiple times throughout the book that this is the picture that the scripture shows is that in order to discipline your children, you need to use the rod. Um, and so he says, like, this is the one way that God talks about disciplining your children. It's not grounding them. It's not, um, uh, I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the other things. It's not bribing them. It's not emotionally manipulating them um, by telling them that you're disappointed in them and that you hurt mommy's feelings and things like that. It is spanking them. Um, so lots of the reviews center around that and how that is extremely damaging to a child. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. I just made, uh, th- I'll, I'll put that in, in quotations cause I think that's dumb. Um, but I understand people have different views, but I think he makes a very strong case in the book that that is the way that God has told parents to discipline their children. Um, I understand children are different but I don't think that negates what God has said. Right. Um, so I understand he does come on strong. Um, and he does, other people had issues with it. You know, they said, that if you, if you raise your children this way, the book makes it sound like if you do this, then they will all turn out perfect. And that doesn't happen. I did not get that from the book. Um, I think these are general principles but again, he because he grounds himself in scripture, I think he makes a very strong case. Hmm. And so um, if you are easily offended, um, he, this may uh, hurt reading this book. Um, but I think, I think that's a good thing to kind of be hit over the head with some truth. Uh, another thing that I really like about this book, not even talking about the reviews anymore, is that um, I found myself as I was reading it, being convicted um the way that he talks about gosh (laughs) just totally kicked the microphone sorry the way that he talks about um shepherding your children has to do not with their behavior but with their heart hence the title shepherding Mm -hmm. a child's heart and so you discipline um certain behaviors but you don't but it's not because of the behavior you you have to um, root out why your children are behaving that way and talk to them about that and show that they have a wicked heart. Right. And show that that is what needs to be disciplined um, and show that they can only um, fix the problem through Jesus, mm-hmm. um, not giving them a keepable standard, uh, right. a law that they can keep but that they need to rely on Jesus in, mm-hmm. for salvation and so that they can be fixed because we're broken, um, which is awesome. It just requires a lot from mom and dad in order to do that. And so I found myself being like, whoa, this is this is really good. Like, again, he, he grounds himself in scripture throughout the book. So it's really good stuff, but it's also like a hard pill to swallow. Like this is... Um, I need to not only teach this to my children, but I need to live like this mm-hmm. also. I can't give myself um, standards to keep that don't rely on Jesus, you know, things like that. So 
I think it's a great book. Um, I understand if people would have reservations about it. That's cool. But I would say uh, definitely read it and evaluate what it's saying because here's my problem with the bad reviews that I read. They all said, no, I disagree with it. This is wrong because I disagree with it. They did not actually attack his arguments. Or even say why they disagree? Well, they would say spanking is damaging to children. You know, uh, one review in particular, which actually reviewed it pretty highly, um, the person said that, well, I just read The Five Love Languages of a Child, and in that book it talked about how if the child's love language is physical touch, that it's damaging to spank them. And so you can find other ways of discipline. Uh, Again, I don't think that negates the scripture that tells us that the rod is a way to discipline and that's just not true yeah yeah. (laughs) i was spanked and right i was spanked uh, and yeah exactly deal for me and i don't i don't hold that against my parents now i understand that's anecdotal evidence um because that's only my own experience and and then i'm not saying that that just throw that out like experience is a good thing but I'm not saying you can base everything on experience. Right. This guy, Trip, bases uh, his arguments in scripture. And right. so I think that's I think that supersedes experience. Definitely. Um so and and then just other things where people were blatantly saying, "Well, spanking is beating your children and that's obviously sinful." Where multiple times throughout the book, um Ted, the guy, the guy who wrote it, Ted Trip, who wrote Shepherding a Child's Heart, he says multiple times, you can't beat your children. You do not. Uh, spanking and beating are different. Like he specifically Definitely. says that. And he says that you cannot be, uh, if you are angry when you're spanking your children, you're not doing it right. Right. You need to spank your children out of, um, like out of a love for them, but in a calm and um, very. Just disciplinary way. Yeah. Yeah, and explain to them what you're doing and why you're doing it. Right. So that is very calm and controlled. That's the word. So um, so he even says, you know, if you spank out of anger, you need to ask your children for forgiveness because that's wrong to do that. And so then people who say, oh, no, spanking is beating every single time. I, I just, I don't understand. Like, did they read the book? Because he makes it clear throughout the book that that is not the case. So anyways, um, I highly recommend this They just this read book. their own presupposition into it. Exactly, exactly. And that's, man, that's the problem that I had with, with those reviews is like, they're not actually attacking the argument of, well, scripture says this, and this is how we're supposed to raise our children. And you raise your children um, by, and you discipline your children, uh, you attempt to discipline, uh, discipline your children for their attitudes and their heart. And to show them what your purpose is, is to show them that they have a bad heart and that is where their actions come from. And if you can show them that, then um, you appeal to their conscience. They see their need for a savior. And so you are leading them to Christ through your discipline. You are not um, like a Pharisee giving them laws to keep and making sure that they stay within those lines at all times. Um, That will... Uh, if you want to train up a Pharisee, then that's what's going to end up happening. Um, and it's not easy. Again, I was convicted a lot when reading the book. So, um, 
Yeah, I highly recommend it. I am glad that I finally finished it because I've had it. <laughs> Did I get it before Ollie was born? No, I think it was after he was born that I actually bought it. Um, but, you know, I've been reading little bits and pieces ever since. So, you know, like two years later, here I am. <laughs> um, and I'll probably have to go back to it. You know, it, it talks about different stages of a child's life, um, the toddler stage and then the I don't remember what they called it, but the elementary stage, I guess, and mm. then the teenager stage and how you have to discipline. I say discipline. You have to parent differently mm -hmm. throughout all those stages. Like basically, basically the toddler age is about um, like teaching them authority, that you're their authority and um, that you're required by God to discipline them when they sin against God. Right. And, and then in the elementary stage, that's when you're getting more towards the conscience and like showing them, um, having them acknowledge that what they're doing is wrong when they sin and why they do it. And then at the teenage stage, it's more, uh, it's more like guidance at that point. And he actually says it, um, in the book, but he kind of expects at that point that you've already followed the other two stages because they grow on each other. You can't just right. one day out of the blue start disciplining your teenager and expect them to understand what's going on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I highly recommend it. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, There are some other things. If we want to. Oh, yeah. Okay. So talking about reading as well. Another thing um, is that it's the end of the year and I've been, you know, going through the the entire Bible this year reading mm -hmm. um, the reading plan through Ligonier and I'm at the end and it has me reading. Um, obviously, it has you reading Psalms all throughout the year. Right. But in the Old Testament, it has me reading Job and in the New Testament, it has me reading Revelation and I just think it's so cool what ends up happening when you um, compare and contrast what's going on in these books. Like it's totally, you know, I, I don't know if the people who actually wrote the, the reading plan planned it for this or if it's just God, cause he's that cool. Um, but you see in, both. Yes. All of the <laughs> above. Um, cause God controls our free will. Right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if we want to go that way. Um, we already did but an I just think, on that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's really cool to see in Job, and you see Job's, um, you know, for like 30 chapters, he's going back and forth with his friends about, about God's justice, basically, on earth. And Job is lamenting how the righteous don't receive... Uh, blessing in this life and how calamity doesn't come upon evil people. And so he's kind of making this argument like, basically, I just want to die uh, because I know God is good, but he's not showing it right now. Um, but then contrasted to that, you see in Revelation, the judgment of God upon sinners. Mm -hmm. And you see, and it's, man, I... You know, you get this picture of God, you know, God is love. And that's true. God is so loving to his people. But in Revelation, you also see his wrath towards sin. And you see that he 
meets out ultimate justice. Um, and so his wrath is terrifying yeah. in Revelation. I mean, the plagues that occur on the earth. And, and I, I understand it's all imagery. I, I'm not saying that these are actually physically going to happen on earth. But if you understand that it's just imagery, then what's going to happen is usually worse and more horrible right. <laughs> than, than that. And so it's, I mean, it's terrifying the things that it talks about. People dying from plague and famine and the earth swallowing people up and rivers of blood throughout the streets. And uh, yeah, it's, it's terrifying, but it is the ultimate justice of God against sinful people. And so it's really cool. Just the just, <laughs> nah, words are hard. <laughs> the just a position juxtaposition that's the word juxtaposition between job and revelation because job is crying out for justice and revelation is god giving justice. justice yeah and it's again it's terrifying uh it's awful to see um such an awesome god and his perfect justice against sin um and we know and we hope in both of the, the ends of both of those books. I haven't come to the end because it's not the end of the week yet, but I'll be <laughs> finishing up tomorrow um, my reading plan. But the end of both of those books, God does care about what happens on the earth. He does give justice in some small ways that we can see here in this life. He gives Job. He blesses Job. Uh, we see that the story of Job was God proving his faithfulness, God proving who he is to Job, also to Satan. Mm -hmm. I love that God is like mocking Satan right. with a saint, with Job and, mm -hmm. and his righteousness. That's so awesome. I want to be that, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, but we see in the end of that story that God does care about um, oppression on the earth. And he does want to give good gifts to his children. And we see at the end of Revelation that God is ultimately in control and that He his return destroys all of his enemies and that his saints will reign with him forever. Um, so even through those dark valleys, we see just the ultimate glory of God through both of those things. So it's just been super cool to read both of these books in tandem and see what they have to say about each other. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What have you been reading? Um, well, I've slowly been going through Romans. Um, very, very slowly. Cause I'm also, I'm using, um, RC's, um, commentary with it and so it sort of goes through like just little section by section um so what i'll do is i'll like i'll read the section a couple times in my nasb and then uh i'll read the portion that he has in the book which is esv and then um and then his sort of like explanation of it. Um, and it's been really good. Like I've never, I've never gone through a book 
this slowly before mm-hmm. and just like read read as much like repetitively yeah um so yeah it's been really awesome because also like i've found that it's helped me to sort of like just memorize the principles Mm -hmm. that are within it (laughs) that's intense because romans is not easy it is dense right well, and then after I read his explanation of it, I go back and I and I read um, the portion a couple times again. So, like, in, in light of what I just read about it, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I've it's been a couple weeks and I'm still in the first chapter. That's how slowly I've been going yeah. through it. <laughs> Um, it's about right, but yeah, Romans is intense. Yeah. Yeah. The way that I've, um, it was taught to me that Romans, I think my dad said this, um, in Bible class, you know, when I was in high school. Um, but he said that, you know, the four gospels are the story of Jesus ministry and the book of Romans is the explanation of Jesus ministry. Mm. So it's like, you get the physical aspect in the Gospels, and then Romans is the spiritual aspect of what was Jesus actually doing when he was here on earth, which that's always helped me just to frame my thoughts about that book yeah. because it's so dense. Like, There's so much there, and it's so good. Like, Basically, it's super rich. theology. Yeah. yeah. Like, go to Romans for theology <laughs> and then read the rest of the Bible. It's, such a, like, it, it's seriously such a pivotal book. It is. Um, because it's an explanation of the most pivotal thing, mm-hmm. Jesus himself. You yeah. Know, so. <clears throat> I don't know. Not not to say that one book is more important than any of the others, just that um, there's so much in Romans. So good. So good. Yes. Um, and then also we started, that's funny, I didn't know you were reading Job. Oh yeah. Um but we started Job last night in our family worship. Mm-hmm. And uh I've always really really appreciated the book of Job. Um but in that first chapter that you read last night just something really stood out to me that um when he, you know, when all those servants came up to him and told him about everything he had lost, mm-hmm. like right in that one moment, yeah, um, he tore his clothes, he shaved his head, he like fell to the ground, um, and it said that he praised God. Yeah, he worshipped God. Yeah, and I was like. That is just such a perfect picture of mourning. Mm-hmm. Like how we are to mourn. Yeah. Um, Cause I feel, it seems like too often when people are going through a hard time um, as Christians, we try to 
Well, and just as loved ones, like we try to make it better, if if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, like be like, oh, well, you know, God is still in control. God is good. Um, Everything will be okay. You know, that kind of a thing. Um, When in Job, like he's tearing his clothes. He's Mm -hmm. shaving his head. He's crying out. He's falling on the ground. Mm -hmm. Like, that is, that's okay. That's good to do. Like, that's a good picture of mourning. But also, he's still recognizing that God is in control, that God is sovereign over the situation, that God mm-hmm. is still good, um, even in his suffering. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that we have to be happy in that moment. Right, right. Like, it just means that God is still good, that God is still in control. Yeah, it kind of catches you off guard because it's not your natural response right. that grief and mourning is an act of worship right here job shows that yeah he is in intense grief and suffering and pain and mourning over all of his children just Mm -hmm. died um all his possessions you know he doesn't have anything to fall back on he can't um you know that maybe this is kind of crass but he can't just go get drunk because all his possessions are gone right you know he has nowhere to turn to with this grief and so he turns to God and it says that he worships him. What a, yeah, what an awesome picture of what it means to grieve and to go before God with your grief, right? not run from God. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And, uh, and that's what makes this book even more complex is because then you see, then it goes on to him for lack of a better word, complaining, like yeah. making his case before God. So you also see like, uh, it, it's it's just complex. It's not like, oh, everything Job does is right, you know? Uh, well, it, it's, it's sort of just like a natural, what's the word? Like it just shows you like, yeah, the natural progression and process through grief yeah man it's good stuff the book is intense yeah it is one of my other favorites (laughs) yeah seriously it's so good especially when like god responds yeah i don't know i just think it's really funny funny yeah how's it funny Because he's like putting Job in his place. Yeah. He's like, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know who you are? I'm God. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it, well, I don't know how how deep we want to go into it, but he like, he proves Job right in a sense, because a lot of what Job is saying is like, God, you are just, you know, Mm -hmm. you are, um, I know that you do these things, but I don't see it. And so in a sense, like he proves Job right by saying yeah you're right Mm -hmm. i am just and who are you to question me yeah yeah which is 
crazy again why i say complex like there's just so much going on and um yeah it's not kind of naturally what we want right but good stuff book of job it's intense there's a reco for you yeah read the book of job Job. (laughs) read romans read yes Lots lots to read um well so christmas is over Coming up this weekend is New Year's. New Year's. Yay. Um, I know we've mentioned it here before, but we don't generally do the whole resolution thing. Yeah. I've never been into New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Where did that tradition come from anyways? No, that's a good question. I don't know. I I, I don't know. And and yeah, I I don't usually do resolutions because... Yeah, I think it's weird just to pick an arbitrary date and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to change everything on this day. Right. It's not how I, I think it's more realistic to make change now and stick with it. And I've always been a proponent of like, you don't really make big changes. I'm not big on diets because like, I think it's dumb to completely change everything you eat for a while because you're just going to fall back into what you used to eat. <laughs> Maybe I'm just undisciplined. Um, that's probably a, a big part of it, <laughs> but I prefer to do like small changes like, okay, instead of chips, eat baby carrots, you know, something, <laughs> something like yeah. that. And then gradually you will get a taste for salad and then you can substitute that burger with a salad. Oh, that makes me sad. <laughs> Not a burger, something worse. Um, you know, so, so, you know, I'm talking about diets because, you know, that's usually what you resolve to do in the new year, right? Uh, live better or live more healthy. Um, but yeah, so, so the idea of like changing everything at January 1st, it's been kind of dumb to me. I don't don't really understand it. That said, I, um, I'm starting to understand the value more of self-reflection and thinking Mm. back on, um, your decisions. Again, talking about like self being responsible for your own actions and taking responsibility for where you are in life. Uh, I think that's kind of a big thing that was drilled into me this past semester at school even um like as starting the school year you're breathing right into the microphone oh i'm sorry (laughs) um i can't hear it i know i know um but so, so this idea of uh taking responsibility for what you're doing and reflecting on where you've been and where you're going uh is is a kind of a big deal um it's not something that comes naturally to me so uh, for this next year, I, I think it's, I think it's important. I think it's important to see where you've been and where you're going as much as you can. Obviously you want to hold, you want to be open with where you're going in life because God can change your plans and that's, that's totally fine. But I think God also speaks through means and he speaks through circumstances. Um, you know, general revelation kind of shows us <laughs> where God has us and where he's kind of leading us. We can read that wrong. We do all the time, but it's still a good idea to kind of look at, you know, just to, to reflect over your life. So that said, let's take a look back at 2017. Ooh, there's a lot that's happened this year in my personal life and in our lives. Yeah. Um, that, you know, as I, as I was thinking about that this morning, I was, you know, I was kind of like, oh, it's just been another year, you know, obviously there's been growth, um, but it's kind of just been another year. But then I'm like, 
looking at it and I'm like, no, this has been, there's a lot. There's a lot that's happened this year we that has changed. kid. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, that changed our life. We have a daughter now. She was born in May. Um, I, I think, again, maybe I'm a little biased because this has come up on me recently, but even just like looking at my life and thinking of going back to school mm-hmm. um, has been a big decision for me yeah. personally, even to look at the future and to weigh my options and see where God has me in right. the future. And even like accepting that I don't know, but still pursuing where I think he's leading, me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of growth. Um, a lot of sanctification. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of maturity gained this year. Yeah. Yeah, I think at work and at church, you know, they're kind of mingled for us. Uh, we had a new senior pastor right. come into to step into his role and that's been really cool as well. So like even just the way that he's changed things from a staff perspective and included other staff in on um, things like his sermon prep and um, really kind of unifying the staff and kind of leading us in, in a way that we all feel um, very a part of each other's ministries. That's That's been a big deal. Um. There was something else <laughs> and I lost it. Yeah, I can't think of it. Can you think of anything else that's happened this year? Because you look um, back that we've changed, that we've incorporated. I mean, we've gotten a lot more consistent with family worship. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember what it was and it's super obvious. Sorry. Oh, what? What, were you going to say anything else? No. We started a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel dumb for forgetting that. Adoy. Um yeah, which I mean we've said this multiple times, but I think has been very beneficial for us. Yeah, definitely. Um, Especially in this season of you being more busy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's helped us to really be more intentional about setting aside time to talk to each other, spend time together. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's a lot. I mean, I think it's good and I would encourage all of our listeners to reflect on the previous year as well. Um, the good and the bad, you know, um, and take that with you into this new year, into this time of resolutions and, and things like that, um, to see what you want to do better in the new year and what you want to continue doing that has been beneficial so, you know, taking a look at some of the big things, uh, obviously you can't make any decisions about, uh, about our daughter. Like she's with us. We're not gonna, <laughs> can't, uh, can't shove her back up there. It's not going to work. Ouch. Um, <laughs> sorry. She's like 20 pounds now. Graphic and disgusting. Um, but we can't take her back to the store. That's what I meant to say. Um, <laughs> not that I would want to. This just got really weird. Sorry. She's amazing. Yes. Oh, she's the best. She's literally like the smile. happiest baby ever. Oh, I love that little girl. <laughs> uh, oh my God. And she's sleeping right now. If I were just to peek into the room, she looks so cute when she's sleeping. <laughs> she's always she's like, like sprawled out. Yeah. Her just, arms out. Mm-hmm. Just like Her head just facing up. Yeah. 
Sometimes her lips moving a little bit. (laughs) She's just the best. Anyways, um, but but thinking about things that have happened this year and what you want to continue doing in the next year and and being disciplined to keep that. Um, So I think it's a great time. I mean, now, since I'm out of work this week, off of work, excuse me, not out of work, off of work this week, it's a good time for me to kind of reevaluate things in my life and reevaluate what I want to pursue in the new year. Uh, For instance, I I may be terrible at this, but just to throw it out there, um, I don't think I'm particularly good at being in community with people. So like making it a priority to hang out with our neighbors and with our friends more often, um, I kind of fly by the seat of my pants. And so if I can be more... If I can be more reflective and if I can schedule my time better and, and make that a priority in my life, um, I, th- I think it would be all the, all the better for us as a family and even just worshiping God in that area where I feel like I'm not doing very well. Uh, you know, personal growth, I, I think, has been great this year, but I, reaching out to, to others, um, mm-hmm. I don't feel has been that great. And I think I've said that on the podcast, too, is that I... I think this past semester I just took on too much with school um, and that didn't allow for any, (laughs) any community, you know, any outside time. And so being able to schedule that better in the new year, I think would really help um, worship God as a family better Mm -hmm. um, to bring him more glory by reaching out and not just being um, so focused on ourselves, which you need, um, especially as parents, you know, to focus on your family. But uh, also to to be in community and and make that a priority to yeah. you know hang out with our small group people more often, mm-hmm. hang out with our neighbors, reach out more, and and yeah, I and, think something that I've realized about myself is that um, I need to socialize more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. And like not just to reach out to other people, but also just for my own sanity. Like (laughs) I'm, I've always been an extrovert and I've definitely become more introverted. Um, just as I've gotten older, also just, you know, becoming a mom, becoming a stay at home mom. Um, I'm not around adults, Mm-hmm. very often i mean we get out of the house and we go like we go to the store we go for walks like um but i uh like i was involved in mops and in the women's ministry and then it just went through sort of a a season of transition, you know, transitioning to two kids instead of one and you transitioning into being a student again. And so I, I just sort of like, um, stepped back from those Mm -hmm. and I realized that I really need those. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I really need friends. (laughs) Yeah. Ones that aren't just on the internet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. And and I mean, kind of coupling with what I've been talking about is like taking personal responsibility, like finding ways to to do that. Like, obviously, you've already said a bunch of mops and and uh, women's Bible study. 
but also like reaching out to to other moms. We have friends who are moms uh, that you could be scheduling, you know, play dates with right. during the week. There are things like that um, where you, again, personal responsibility, just being intentional about your priorities. And mm-hmm. if your priority is to socialize, then plan that out, you know, right. text your friends and be like, hey, next week, let's go to the park, you know, something like that. Um, it's, it's important. I'm learning the, even, um, the importance of it even more simply because I am just a go by, go with the flow type of guy. And I'm not one to, to be that intentional. So learning how to be intentional and learning, um, uh, the benefits of that is, uh, is big for me right now. So, <laughs> so yeah, good stuff. So again, I just encourage everyone out there reflect on this year on 2017 what has god done in your life um has there been growth uh, i've you know another area i've grown in is i've read a lot more books this year i set a goal on goodreads to read 20 books so a little bit more than two excuse me a little bit more than one a month and i think i've hit like 35 nice like, yeah yeah i've done way more than i expected which has been great and i want to continue that because i want to continue you know i've said it here as well I want to get different perspectives. Also, I don't just want to read things that I agree with. I want to see what other people are saying as well. Um, so sorry, went down. Can that you review trail. books of the Bible that you've read? Uh, I mean, I guess you can. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't searched for it on Goodreads. I don't. Uh, I don't put the Bible in there at all. I mean, I guess that would be another book that I finished this year, right? Uh, when I finish up the Bible, but. Uh, I just consider that separate. Like I consider myself a student of the Bible all the time. I don't really think of it as a book that I'll ever finish. You it know? was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so reflect on the previous year, see um, what God has taken you through and go before God, spend some time in prayer and ask where God is taking you and really reflect on what does God want from you in the coming year, but in your life in general? And how can you put things into place to worship him better? Um, what does he have you to do in your life? Specifically you, you were created as a unique being um, and you're given circumstances that guide where you're supposed to be in life. So how can you use those circumstances? How can you use your personality How can you use your specific um, being, your unique place and time to worship God? And what, where do you think he has you um, in life? Again, you can say over the coming year, but that, again, that just feels cheesy to me. I don't care about years. I care about life. Where is, where is God leading you in your life? And for this season of life, it could look different, but, but where is he leading you right now? So. I'd say Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Are there any New Year songs? You said that kind of sing-songy. Um, it sounded like you were singing All I Want for Christmas is You. No. Um, but New Year's I mean, version. there are a couple of Christmas songs, I think, that just sort of mention it. Yeah. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy, and a happy New, Year. New Year. Yep. Yeah, there you go. But... I can't think of any like s- songs specifically focusing on New Year's. <laughs> no. Yeah. Laurie. Need to write some New Year's songs. 
or not because it's just a date on the calendar. <laughs> it's not a big deal. All right. Well, I think that's been good. I think we've talked. Yeah. Been a good talk. Yeah. Till next week, um, signing off for 2017. This has been... See you. Well, not see you, but you'll you, hear us. You hear us. You, <laughs> In 2018. Your ear holes will <laughs> tingle with Ooh, our that's voices. Weird. I mean, that's the way you hear. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Tingling ear holes. All right. Uh, and with that <laughs> graphic image in your brain... Uh, we will leave 2017. God bless. Thanks for thanks for coming with us on this yeah. ride. We look forward to talking more in the new year. Continuing. Continuing yes. on. Yeah. All right. Till next time. Bye, grab those hammer. Water savings. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Peace out, homies. <laughs> Bye. Talk to your spouse. I'm pretty sure they're just going to keep coming back because they want to eat. That's coffee. I'm not peeing. <laughs> <laughs>